It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you paying it forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Triggynet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Welcome to Paying It Forward. It's Josephine here, and I'm so excited to have my guest today. Um, our guest is Kathleen King, who's known as the lady behind America's Best Chocolate Chip Cookie. And I'm so excited to welcome Kathleen back because she was one of my very first guests over five years ago when I started my radio show. So a lot has happened to Kathleen in five years, so can't wait to fill you in on everything. But before we get started, let me just give you the business tip of the week. So no matter what you do in your business, preserve your reputation. It tells the world who you really are. So that's the business tip. Uh, with that, I'm going to give you a quick bio of Kathleen King, and then we're going to welcome her to the show. So from her family's farm, Kathleen King developed a sense of the importance of fresh ingredients in everything she baked and learned how to truly distinguish fresh from just ordinary. When King was 20, she opened her first bakery, and within one year, she had made a name for herself in the fashionable communities on the South Fork of Long Island. 28 years later, King is still baking. Her chocolate chip cookies continue to be a favorite, and she has added scores of other recipes, many of which have been published in her second book, Tate's Baked Shop Cookbook, and subsequently repeated several times. I also want to note here that Tate's Cookbook can be bought right on Amazon. Her book catalogs King's no-nonsense approach to cooking, which has made her a favorite among bakers from amateurs to pros. Her signature cookie style is thin and crisp, and she also makes chewy varieties as well as coffee cakes, fruit bars, muffins, pies, scones, and breads. Today, today, Tate's Bake Shop in Southampton, 90 miles east of New York City, is, as the New York Times recently noted, a destination worth putting miles on the odometer. Tate's Bake Shop is named after King's father, who still operates the North Sea Farm where she was raised. Her cookies, muffins, and cakes are sold throughout the United States as well as by mail order. www.tatesbakeshop.com Each month, King shares a new recipe on her website with her friends and fans. These days, when you tell someone that you are going to the Hamptons for a weekend, they are almost certain to ask, bring me back some from something from Tate's. No matter what it is, as long as it's from Tate's, you can be sure it's made fresh with no artificial ingredients and has been tested and tasted by Kathleen King herself. 
So with that, I would like to give a warm welcome to Kathleen King. And Kathleen, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Well, Kathleen, you ha- you are definitely one of my favorite favorite people to interview, and I'm so honored to be here in your home. Thank you. Interviewing you today, <laughs> and um, I really truly feel honored. Um, you were my number sixth show way back in January on January 13th, 2010. And what an amazing story you have. And what I'd like to do is just take a moment to go back to 2010, even before 2010. Let's talk about your amazing story of how you started the concept of how, I guess it's your love of baking Uh and how it all started way back at the farm stand. way from the beginning. So let's go and we'll bring it right up to 2010. Mm Mm-hmm. And what happened there? I mean, you know, I can't wait to even get to the point when we interviewed you the last time you had spoken to us and said that you really got to a position that you almost lost everything. Yes. And I can't wait to bring everybody up on the amazing news that you have for us. Oh, thank you. All right. So, Kathleen, tell us a little bit about your childhood and how the farm stand started. Well, I started baking and selling cookies when I was 11 years old at my dad's farm, just uh, actually down the road from my house. And um, he said I was old enough to buy my own clothes for school and that I had to bake cookies and sell them at the farm stand. So I was like, okay. So I started baking and selling the cookies, and they started doing really well. And by the time I got into high school, I was baking 10 hours a day, seven days a week in the summer. Wow. And originally I wanted to be a veterinarian, but uh, high school science classes revealed that that was not in my cards. (laughs) And said to myself, well, I have something with these cookies. And uh, went on to college for two years um, to study food and restaurant management. And when I graduated, I needed a job. So, and there was a, uh, a small bake shop for rent, fully equipped in town. So I rented it cause I needed a job and that was, I was 20 years old. Great. I ran that and that was quite successful from the very beginning, um, because I had a little following from my farm stand already and, th- and there wasn't a lot of competition then. And then uh, I was saving my money and then, uh, I was outgrowing that space. So then there was a a building for sale further up the road, closer to the village, uh, that my mom said, well, just call over there. It doesn't hurt. I was like, oh yeah, right. Uh, so I did. And lucky enough, I, the gentleman that was selling the building held the mortgage and I was able to purchase the building that I'm still in today, uh, when I was 23 years old. Amazing. Wow. And then, I continued to run. Oh, and by the way, my, my business plan when I knew I had to double my business to move into that new building and pay the mortgage, my business plan was I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you write down your business plan at all? That was my business plan right there. Great. I didn't write it down. I said it. (laughs) So, um, then long story short, I, I ran the business. It was doing very well. We, we grew the wholesale business, um, And then when I was 40, I decided to take on some partners, mainly because I was tired. You know, it was a, it's a long, was a long, hard road. 
Um, well, though Kathleen, very rewarding. Yeah, and the thing about being a business owner, a lot of times when you're doing it by yourself, you know, so many times, don't you just want that sounding board to say, well, what do you think about this? Should we do this? Should we do that? And perhaps that's where you have gotten to the point that, hey, it's not so bad to bring on a partner and right. have somebody help me make some big decisions. Right. I, I uh, was thinking all of that, but at the same time now, now that I'm looking back, I would never recommend anyone take a partner because, you know, if you want someone to, to talk to or to speak about ideas, you can hire them. Great. So um, that would be more beneficial because my partnership, as, as a lot of partnerships, didn't turn out well. And a matter of fact, um, I ended up losing my whole business, which was called Kathleen's Bake Shop. I lost my name. I lost the business, and I lost all the money I had in savings, and they uh, never paid me anything. And as a matter of fact, drove the business $600,000 into debt, which when we finally settled everything in court, um, I had to now collect $200,000 of their debt because I was one-third partner. Oh, my goodness. The fact that you lost your business is one thing. The fact that you even lost your name, yeah. gosh, how do you recover from something like that? one step in front of the other <laughs> you know so uh i didn't have a lot of time to waste because i was in a very challenging financial situation and when it was settled i did as i said i bought that building when i was 23 so that building was fully paid for wow so they took the wholesale company they moved it to virginia and i took the retail store and started tate's bake shop in the retail store there Right after the lawsuit, I didn't take a, a moment of breath. And and when I started Tate's Bake Shop in 2000, I had an exit strategy. Oh, great. Okay. Um, and that was to retire when I was 55. Okay. And I built the business to that point. Um, uh, and focus on the business as building a business to sell. Opposed to before when I had Kathleen's Bake Shop liking to make cookies. It was your passion. Right. Tate's became very much a business. Oh, wow. And, you know, I remember doing my research on a lot of the things um, that you said in the past is that one of the keys to establishing a successful business is taking the emotion out. Yes. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did with Tate's. Yes. That's always my biggest tip. Um, because, and you know, especially for women too, you know, we tend to be more emotional creatures in general, um, and more nurturing, et cetera. But, uh, after I finished my whole transition with Kathleen's, um, Tate's was purely a business and I basically, every ounce of emotion that I had was depleted. So it was very easy to run Tate's bake shop compared to Kathleen's bake shop because of that. Okay. Because I wasn't attached to anything. Wow. I was just driving a business and a product and, and, you know. So was it easier for you to make business decisions as to who you were hiring to come in to? Oh, for sure. Every, everything was easier because you just, it was very, um, it was easier because I didn't have any attachments to outcomes. Of course, I wanted to be successful, but, you know, I didn't have any attachments to people, place, or thing. Wow. Truthfully. So 
uh, I could see very clearly, you know, who was a better candidate, what was, a, what was the right decision, what was, um, it was all very clear because it wasn't clouded by, well, she's so nice. Kathleen, I have to tell you, that's probably the biggest mistake a lot of mom entrepreneurs do, especially including myself. I can't tell you the issues I've had with my business. I can remember trying to get the word out about my new product, Lovey's, years ago with my first product, and I hired an intern who was sweet as can be, really, really kind. She used to work at Starbucks, and then she'd come to my house. Mm -hmm. The only thing is... um, you know, and she'd work for like four hours in the afternoon for me, which was great. But she'd get up at four o'clock in the morning for Starbucks. Right. And it was a long day for her. Well, I have to tell you, we sent out a mailing and we were doing follow-up phone calls and nobody received any of the mailings. Now, we're talking 50 big envelopes right. with samples and everything. And I said, <laughs> I said, how is this possible that nobody got the thing? It turned out she did not put the correct amount of postage. Oh, so they were all coming back. Everything came back. Oh, no. And I looked at that situation and I said, my gosh, how do I get myself into these situations? It's because she needed the money. She needed the job. And you know what? After that experience, I realized that's not what I'm in business for. If I want to help people, I can do that in different ways, but it's not when I'm footing the bill. So I think you did a great And that's exactly my comment, too. You know, I can use the business to help people in a different way, but in the business, um, it's business. It's not uh, personal. Uh, It's not a commingling of lives. You know, we come to work. We have our professional work relationships. There's a lot of people, you know, that I've worked with over the years that I just adore and would love to spend time with. Outside of work, but I never would. Oh, wow. Because I don't cross those boundaries ever. Wow. Did you the first? Oh, yeah. With Kathleen's? Yeah. You did? Yeah. But not, what a not, lesson not to with learn. Tate's. I mean, no one has ever been to my house. Um, I don't do anything social. I don't, um, you know, buy gifts. I mean, both the employees want money anyway, so those are always the bonus things and stuff like that. But I don't right. do anything that makes it personal. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that was probably one of the biggest lessons you've learned. Because it gets very confusing. And in the end, I had 200 employees. And and in a big picture, everybody really wants to be treated the same. Right. They don't want to think she's getting treated better or this is that. You know, you treat everybody the same and you have the same rules and the same guidelines to follow for everybody. That's fair. And people respond to that because it's clear. Well, I think you have, you've made such an incredible point, and we're coming up on our very first break. But before we get to our break, I just want to say, Kathleen, I love the name Tate's. And the reason why I love it is the meaning behind where it came from. And it warms my heart that you should name it after your dad. Yes. So tell us about how did your dad feel about that? Oh, he, he, you know, he, he loved it. You know, uh, I named it Tate's because, uh, I couldn't use my own name anymore. And I wanted a name that was also connected to Southampton, Everybody knows my dad. Aww. He's a character um, and a great man. So it, it just seemed natural. 
Well, it's perfect. Well, everybody stay with us because we have Kathleen King from Tate's Bakery with lots and lots of business tips for us. So we'll be back shortly. Thank you, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. So um, Kathleen was just telling us how she then rebooted herself Right? Mm-hmm. And she started Tate's Bakery. Yes, Tate's Bake Shop. And um, so, Kathleen, tell us, I love the quote that you said, that what happened yesterday is in the past. Let's focus on today. Right. And I think that's exactly um, where we stand with Tate's. Yes. Um, you know, we all in our lives at some point, you know, uh, get brought to our knees in, in, uh, several different ways. Um, and for me, you know, watching the people that can overcome and watching the people that don't, um, is really about the, the mental capacity of being able to let go and move through the, um, challenge that we had to just come through and not attach to it because that's not who we are. You know, uh, that that misstep in your life isn't doesn't define you. You know, it was just part of your your journey, and um, you know. So I just never, you know, I never think about those those two guys. I never, you know, wonder what they're doing or this or that. I mean, granted, they went out of business within two years, but yeah. you know, I could have told you that was going to happen. Um. I don't wish people harm. I don't, I just move, all I do is like move forward. Revenge, you know, living well is the best revenge. Right. So, you know, for me, it's always just focusing on me and not on the, the people that might have done you harm or whatever and how to stay well and how to progress in your own life and say, okay, this is a mistake. What did I learn from this, and how am I going to move forward? Well, this is great, Kathleen, and it sounds a lot easier said than done, but did you have a great support system, do you think? 
It sounds like you have an amazing family. I do. And, you know, my family is amazing, and I'm very blessed because I come from a great family um, that's very supportive and very um, real. Like, we don't... uh, you know, we all had to work hard together. We grew up in a relatively poor family. Um, so, it, it, you know, they were the, a big support system. And I always used to say, okay, you know, uh, you know, I'm not going to be homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think of people that go through hardships that don't have a family. That That's another ball game, And I truthfully um, never had such an experience. So I wouldn't even begin to comment on that. But, um you know, basically still, you're, you're the driver of your own car. So, you know, I was blessed to have a great family and great friends. And the community itself also, you know, supported me. Um, so I was, I was blessed in that way. But, of course, there are always the naysayers and the critics sure. and this and that. But I don't attach to them. That's great. That's great. But um, what I love about your story so much is the fact that you had such a supportive family and how everything wasn't just handed to you as a child. Like you, I also paid for my Catholic high school uniform. And, you know, I had plenty of friends whose parents were well off, but my family wasn't. I was one of 11 kids. And, yeah. And we worked hard for everything we had. And you know what? I was proud to wear my uniform, knowing that I was babysitting at $5 a night. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) On a Friday night. But you know what? I think that's where we get our work ethic from. It is. I feel that those of us that grew up with some level of hardship are the blessed ones. Because, you know, uh, because I just think in the big picture, life is easier for us than it is for people that had everything handed to them and everything done for them and they were protected from the world. Because it's very hard to get into the world at 19 or 20 and and be shocked that everybody isn't out there like for your needs. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. I have to tell you, I have three young children and... You know, I live in an environment very, very different from the way I was brought up. And I look at my children all the time, and they're like, we know, Mom, we know, back in the day. I'm like, no, you have to understand. You know, I am not making your bed every day. No. This is a responsibility. It only takes you two minutes, and it kills me if my kids leave for the day and the bed's not made. Not because the bed's not made, not because I can't do it, but because I'm trying to give them that work ethic that, you know what, your day starts off better, that you've done what you were supposed to do. Oh, I agree. I could talk to you for hours about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I love the fact that, you know, you have the attitude that you were never a victim, Mm -hmm. that you'll just pick up and you'll move forward. So, all right, Kathleen. So I also love one thing that you had said. Um, this really touches home because it just makes so much sense. You said to start a small business, you need three things. You need a work ethic, you need integrity, and you need common sense. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about that? Well, your work ethic, you know, you have to be able to, when you start your own business, it's no easy ride, no matter what kind of business it is you're starting. Um... And, you know, it's a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week option that you have chosen to do. 
Um, and that's what it takes to get something started. You have to eat and live and breathe it um, to get something started. Not forever, but and but not for a month either. Right. You know, quite some time. So you have to have that kind of work ethic that, um, and not be afraid of hard work and not be afraid of any job that needs to get done. Whether it's, you know, in my world, it was whether it's scrubbing the floor, baking the cookies, you know, answering the phone, whatever. There was never any job that I considered too good for me. So you did everything. I did everything. Yes. When it was necessary, you just did it. And this way you appreciate all the people that work for you. Because when people say something like, oh, well, you know, he's only the dishwasher. I said, only the dishwasher. We'll have him not show up tomorrow and see how only he is to you. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I agree with you so much because it's everybody working together as a team. Yes. That creates that success. There's no... You know, one person that did it all by themselves, you know, everybody's had, there's either employees that have worked with them along the way or or something. Um, So uh, that's important. You know, integrity, you know, a lot of people become successful in business that may not have integrity, but integrity just to me is everything. You know, it's how to deal with people, um, how to treat your product, how to maintain the consistency of your product and the consistency of the relationships which you've established. You know, because sometimes you can start making money and the money starts to blind you and then you might waver on your integrity because the money is like now the money now becomes the the golden ring and the money should never be the golden ring of course you have to have a bottom line and you have to su- survive and support yourself but at the same time you know that should not cloud the vision of doing the right thing and the best thing for you and your company and the people that are involved oh great i love that and i agree with you 100% you know what the thing is kathleen for me personally once I make it. If that ever happens, I always tell my kids, don't worry, Wayne Gloves makes it. Uh-huh. But, you know, later on in life, you know, I've had enough life experience to realize that when somebody is there on their deathbed, you know, you want to have that little film strip of life. Right. And you want to be able to look back at your life with a gentle smile. Right. And be proud of everything that you've done. Mm-hmm. And I think people that do things um, that aren't, you know, that don't um, show true integrity, I think they're not smiling in, yeah. during that most important time in our lives. Well, I always think regret is a bitter pill. So, you know, why do anything you want to have regret over? Because event, it doesn't go away. It'll find you. Yeah, that's a good point. And I I agree with you 100%. So tell us about common sense. Well, well, common sense, you know, I still don't know about common sense, whether it's, you know, uh, given to you like intelligence is given to you or or if it's learned. I'm really not sure. You know, I've always felt from a very young age I had common sense. But I also, you know... No, we were also taught it at the same time growing up, you know, you know, my father, you know, I'd hear him say, you know, well, think, you know, that's funny. think about it, you know, or, you know, what would make you do something like that? Or, you know, use two hands. It's it, it, if you use two hands to do a job, it's half the time. Right. You know, I mean, things like that, that just go, oh, well, that's just common sense. Yeah, this is this is important, but it goes back to what you said about perhaps you were taught things. Did you help your dad in the farm stand? 
Oh, like, did you yeah, handle we, the money? Did we you helped, do that? Yeah, we helped everything. We we waited on customers. We did the money. We worked in the chicken house. We worked in the house. We cooked. We cleaned. We did everything. I mean, by the time I was 11 or 12 years old, I mean, not only was I making money, I was also, I could cook. I could clean. I could iron. I could do laundry. I could count money. I could wait on the customers. Oh, that's great. You know, I could do more things at 11 than, unfortunately, I see most kids can do at, you know, 18, 18 right now. I know. And then I'm not talking, you know, there's a lot of amazing young people out there that are incredibly smart and do a lot of things. It's that, but it's that basic, raw, how to survive. Sure. Is that's, you know, what, how we were raised which is a, a little different with breeds that common sense. So what was it about our parents, I wonder, that gave us that burning desire inside to do the best that we could do? Well, you know, I think it's part because uh, maybe how they were raised, hopefully, or and also, you know, they, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, like a lion teaching their cub, you know, they can't, they couldn't be there for us as far as financially. They couldn't support us. They couldn't buy us a house. They couldn't, right. you know, when we were grown up, they couldn't fulfill that life for us. So they had to teach us how to live in the wild. And I think, it- and by doing that, that empowers you to, um, to survive because you, you know, I, ne- I never had, I always knew that I wouldn't be homeless. I'd have a place, but I n- never had a safety net where I just was like, oh, well, my parents will bail me out or, right. you know, they'll, they can buy me a house or this or that. Nobody in my family was ever going to be able to buy me anything. I think it's great. And Kathleen, I think you, I, I'll say this and you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think we have the same motto. Failure is not an option. Right. I'm not going to. I'm going right. to put my best foot forward. Right. And if something, if there's a bump in the road, well, that's okay. And maybe right. this is our foundation that our parents gave us is that we'll just pick ourselves up. We'll figure it out and we'll just keep going forward. Yes, exactly. So this is great. So I can't believe we're halfway through our show already, but everybody stay with us. We'll be back with Kathleen King from Tate's. Thanks everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Right after these, today's helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge. As we create a movement of paying it forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to mymomknowsbest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Everybody, everybody. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. 
welcome back everyone. It's Josephine here. We have Kathleen King. So Kathleen, in the beginning, um, well, in the beginning of our show, you had mentioned the importance of creating an exit strategy when you started Tate's. So I'm just in awe at the recent news that you got acquired. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more? How did this all happen? Yes. Well, it all happened with planning and execution. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, when I started Tate's, uh, you know, I was in trouble as far as, you know, I was in financial trouble. I had lots to pay off. I had a, bu- a business to build and, and, and grow. I was 40 years old. I had not a penny to my name and uh, no job. So I started Tate's, but I also started it with the intention of building it up to to sell it. Because number one, I obviously wasn't going to get any younger. And number two, when you own your own business, there's no one to ever, there's no one to go to, to say, I quit or I'm tired or I'm changing my life. I'm moving or anything, you know, in order for someone that owns their own business to do that, it can take years to unwind your the life that you've created. Um, so you have to kind of plan for it. At least I felt that way. And uh, so, and with Tate's not being, you know, emotional like Kathleen's was, because Kathleen's bake shop was like my baby, um, it became easier to execute and uh, hire the right people to take the business because... You know, just because you start a business doesn't mean that you an accountant and a strategist and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, know how to repair equipment and everything else. You 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 know what your strengths and weaknesses are and, and you hire people that which is an, it sounds much easier than it is. But you find the right people eventually uh, to fill those voids that you are not necessarily uh good at in order in order to grow and once people people are hired and they know what the expectations and the goals are it's easier like i say if you get in the car and you know where you're going it's much easier to drive absolutely than if you don't know where you're going so um so then i just started growing tates with the intention to sell okay so my question is the second time around did you have a real business plan did you sit down and create that? No. Still no. no. Wow. I know I didn't. Um, because, um, you know, I, I started Tate's. I had my building now. I own that. I refinanced that building so I could get money to start the company over. Okay. Um, and I was able, I just worked and I was just, had to build it and get a, take a breath, you know. Then I did hire a business manager. Mm-hmm. And he was very good at uh, all the numbers and making the projections of where we need to be in the next year and what we needed to do in order to get there. And so that was very helpful. But for me, it was all about building the foundation again and okay. getting it up and rolling. So I had something to, to focus on. Was it easier the second time around? From all the lessons you in, learned, in, yes. From the first. In, in some ways, it was a lot easier. In other ways, it was a lot harder because now I have been in business for twenty-three three years, and I'm being treated as if I'm in business for one day. Oh wow! You know, some places I had to open up all new accounts again. Um, there was a lot of continual things that reminded me of my, you know, step back. 
Okay. And then there was a lot of support too, you know. So I I think I think it's just such a great great story, Kathleen. Thank you. All right. So now Let's fast forward a couple of years. So now, how long were you doing Tate's before we had this amazing acquisition come about? Well, I started Tate's in 2000. Okay. And the acquisition was 2014. So it was 14 years of really hard work before the acquisition. So yes. what happened? Did somebody just like come to your bake shop one oh, day, no. well, knock on the door and say, hey, Kathleen, I love your cookies. We're going to buy you out. Well, actually, there were people like that, um, but I had told myself all along that, and we had some great, very great um, uh, companies uh, contact us and wanting to, to buy us early on, but I, was, I wasn't interested. You know, I had made a wrong deal one time, mm-hmm. and this time I was going to go, I actually hired a company to sell my business. This is what they do. Wow. Okay. Um, and so they, they hire, I hired them. And it was they, a broker probably, yes, right? And they a business do, broker? Uh, I'm an investment banker and they uh-huh. do all the solicitations cause they're in the business. They send it out. They sent out, you know, like 125 solicitations to companies all over the world. Wow. Okay. And then, you know, we took it from there. And they managed that and, you know, bringing the people in and, and doing it in a very, you know, serious way opposed to, well, gosh, you know, they're so nice and they'll be good for the company, <laughs> you know, wow. because you can walk away from a lot of money that way. I'm sure. So it was done in a very professional yes. manner. And like you said, you were prepared. I was prepared. I was always mentally and emotionally prepared because I, that's where I was driving my car, as yeah. I would say. And uh, I turned 55 in December, and in, in January, I hired the investment banker, and in August, I closed the deal. Wow. Amazing. You really followed your your dream and your plan. Well, yeah. Well, you know what they say. They create the, create the world you want to live in. Yeah. Oh, this is You great. know, and I... You know, I'm 55, you know, and as you get older, you know, life starts just appearing. It's going faster and faster and faster and tragedies are happening to people all around. And and you just say, why? What? For what? You know, and when is enough enough? And, you know, though I am involved still with the new company and part owner of that, I'm a minority. uh, So I don't have that stress. I mean, I had 200 people. I had a 40,000 square foot factory, a retail store in Southampton. You know, even though I manage stress well, it's a lot to go to bed with every night. Absolutely. And I did sell my factory and I did sell the buildings. Oh, you so, did? Yes. You so sold everything to, I the, did. to the new owners. Yes. So done. It's, um, you know, the feeling for me to not have that kind of stress in my life and how does it feel (laughs) that part just really feels amazing you know uh, and to not be rushing everywhere it's a great i know the feeling yeah no everybody look at my notes kathleen on the back of an envelope you know we all (laughs) we all live like that like you know and you know i just really wanted to simplify my life and people like talk about oh you're gonna buy a second home or this or that i'm like no you know (laughs) because stuff just creates restriction and puts a noose around your neck and causes stress. You know, the whole, my whole reason for doing this was to be free. This is great. You know, and as free as one can be in a life. Right. And I, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, I think of Warren Buffett, 
you know, he's still living in his original house. Right. And everybody looks at him. He's got billions. And you know what? He turns around to them and he is like, why do I want all this stuff? If I have a big house, I have to hire a staff to maintain the house. And I've got to worry about the staff. And I, and you know what? I think he's got the right idea. And like you said, I think as we get older, for me personally, I keep saying less is more. Oh, absolutely. It's not that I don't like the nice things no, in life. No, of course not. But I don't want to be bogged down anymore. I want to start traveling and seeing the world. And there's just so much right. to do. Right. And without having to worry about everything. Right. I mean, of course, we all need the, you know, the basics. We all need, you know, a roof over our head and a car that starts and a, you know, food on the table. But, you know, that being said, so much more is, is gravy that we we don't need and, and causes a lot of problems in people's lives. And I, in 35 years of retail, I was able, I was able to witness that. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kathleen, tell us, what are your obligations now as a result of the acquisition? Well, I, you know, the, I'm on the uh, board of directors, and so there's meetings, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> no, not my favorite. Right. And uh, uh, I'm also in charge of recipe development and quality control. Oh, great. So I'm working on a couple new gluten-free cookies, and a regular cookie, and, um, and maintaining the integrity of the brand and the products. Well, that's great. And I heard that, are you gluten intolerant? Is that what, how the whole gluten-free came no. about? Or was it the public coming the to public. you? The public comes to yeah. me um, with what they want. Okay. And, you know, and that, and then reading, you start to notice, you know, what people need and what they want. And, you know, and you try to fulfill that niche because you must. Otherwise, you know, you can't stay above board. You have to, you have to stay with what's happening and what, what people are gravitating toward. Well, it's the same thing with my business. I was getting phone calls from nursery school saying, oh, can the little kids paint with your gloves? And I was like, no. So when it came time for me to come up with my new product, I made sure that all those phone calls that came in, that people were asking the question and I was saying, no, guess what? I made those no's a yes. Yes. And it's so much easier to sell because we filled that niche of the customer. Your customers are your greatest teacher. Sometimes you might not always want to hear what they have to say, but you know, if you don't take it emotionally again, what they're saying and you just listen, you can call out the, the important tidbit that's in there of, you know, maybe what's could be done better in your shop. Maybe, um, what product could be developed or maybe, you know, there's a, there's a lot of sense to what he, he or she is saying, um, so. I agree with you so much, Kathleen, that we can learn so much from our customers. I'll tell you, um, if somebody sends me something because I'm selling my gloves on Amazon, and if somebody puts something up that they weren't happy with, I mean, it's only happened to me maybe two times, mm-hmm. and I respond immediately, mm-hmm. and they're getting the message from the owner of the company, and I bend over backwards, and what had happened was somebody had said that, um, the gloves were too big for their two-year-old. Well, the glove's not going to fit a two-year-old like it's going to fit an eight-year-old. Not with things on. No. But I had said to her, you know, I gave her different scenarios of when she can use them, how she could use them. And I said, and perhaps you have friends or nieces or nephews. Or Can I tell you, she wrote back to me saying, I'm not returning the product. She ordered more product. She said, I had no idea you could use it for this. 
What I guess I'm trying to say is learn from your customer, but if somebody has something negative to say, turn it around. Oh, absolutely. Because we have the ability to do that. Yes. And it's so, so important. So, all right, we're, I can't believe we're coming up to another break, but before we, um, come to our break, I just want to tell everybody that Kathleen has some amazing business tips for us. We're going to wrap up our show with the five best business tips. So please stay with us and we'll be back shortly. Thanks everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine, and we have Kathleen King from Tate's Bake Shop with us. So, um, Kathleen... Now that you've become such a huge, huge, huge success the second time around, because I believe the first time around you were just as much of a success. Yes. Let's talk about money. Has it changed your life or not? Uh, no, you know, uh, money, ha- money hasn't changed my life. I mean, fortunately, I, I was blessed to be making a very comfortable living to start with, always more than um, I'd ever dreamed of because I came from a family with, with no money. Um, but I had learned, you know, over the years with all the different ups and downs that I've had in my life that, you know, money is, um, can be a a big curse or it can be a great benefit and it's all on how you know how to use it. Uh, for me, you know, my ankle hurts right now. I sprained it. Money can't fix that. Right. You know, um, you know, I mean, it, it does, I'm not, don't get me wrong, it, it does provide a, a, a comfort level, um, but as far as once you get the basics over with, when you have a home and you have food on the table and you have your, uh, you know, a car that works and stuff, the rest are all luxuries and, and lovely, but they truthfully don't change the world and don't make you happy. So, for me... Whether I had this great windfall, you know, when I sold my company, every day and the way I look at everything is still exactly the same. And the reason I, I sold the company was because I wanted freedom. And if you use the money to buy more things, then each thing you buy is less freedom for you because the, they're the entrapments, you know, 
that weigh us down and interfere because now all of a sudden you have to worry about your things or you have to hire people for your things. And for me, you know, I don't want any of that kind of attachment. Oh, I love it. I think you're so right on target with that. Less is more. That's my yes, mom. Less is, less is more. Less is more. And of course, I, you know, just uh, the fact that less is more, you know, when you're, when you're blessed, you know, to have all the needs covered already. You know, I certainly understand, um, you know, the struggles of, of people out there. You know, I've been, had my own struggles where, you know, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills or, you know, the children and the food and all of that, you know, and I'm talking about money as a situation where, where there's an excess of it. Okay. Okay. This is great. All right, Kathleen. So I wish we could go on and on and on and on because I love talking to you, but I think we'll move on to the five best business tips. If that's okay. So what's the first business tip you'd like to share with us? Well, some of them we spoke about already. And one of them is, you know, taking the emotion out of your business. Uh, you know, I learned that with Kathleen's Bake Shop. You know, that was my baby. I was 20 years old. I worked day and night um, through ups and downs with that. And when I started Tate's, you know, Tate's was a business. And I was able to see, by taking the emotion out of it, how much easier it was to run and make decisions and how much easier it was on me um, from a stress level. Wow. That sounds so great, Kathleen. Um, It's so hard to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I went through such a challenging time where every emotion was like shredded. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so I always say it's easy to say, but then I was dragged behind a truck. so, (laughs) um, So now it seems very easy. Okay. But I understand that it, that it is hard. Okay. So I love that. But it's a practice. It's a practice that you can try one step at a time. It doesn't happen overnight. Perfect. Okay. Wonderful. So tip number two. Well, two or two would be, you know, a lot of people think they need a partner or they want a partner and they think it, you know, it brings them safety and it makes them feel safe, but usually only in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion would be anything you think you need, you know, Try to hire somebody, whether it's a consultant or, you know, an employee or an accountant or whatever it is that you're looking to feel you need to fill a void for and why you feel you need a partner. Um, I know there's a lot of partners out there going, well, we're great and we're having a wonderful time and that's great because not everything is 100% on either side. But if you're starting from scratch, I, you know, I would recommend, you know, hiring whatever it is you think you need. Well, it's funny. I was reading something on the internet the other day, and it said 50% of marriages end in divorce, and the percentage is so much higher when it comes to partnerships because it's so hard to get two people on the same page for everything in a business. Oh, yeah. So I tend to, to agree with you, Kathleen. So I've had several people come to me as well to want to be part of my business. But I just like the idea that at the end of the day, yes, you can hire the consultant, write that check, and you know what? You can say goodbye to them if you want. And if you don't want to say goodbye to them, guess what? You can call them back and have another contract with them for a specified period of time. But not to have to split 
you know, that business that you've worked so hard because you've brought so much to it. Right, right. You know, all so yes. many years of experience yes. and everything. So, yes. and again, you know, once you have a partner, it t- gets interferes with that freedom. And we all go into business because we want freedom. We, you, you, of course, we get tied to our business more than ever before. We have less freedom, but we have our own freedom of, to make our own decisions and our own creativity and to really create our own path without having to go ask somebody. Yeah, I think this is great. All right, we'll move on to tip number three. Another would be um, to execute. You know, you have to execute in order to grow, in order to move forward. So you make a plan mm-hmm. and then execute. People make plans, and then they don't execute. Okay. So you have to make the plans, and then you have to execute. Like back when I made a plan to grow my business to sell, when I was 55. I turned 55. I didn't start making excuses and reasons as to why I should, I shouldn't, da 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 And then I executed. Oh, this is great. Okay, wonderful. And that's the perfect example because I was going to ask you. So give us an example of executing. You know, so often, you know, especially when you're starting out with the business, you say, gosh, now's the time I really do need to hire somebody. Yes. And it's you can plan on hiring that person, but it can't be, oh, maybe next month, maybe next right. month, because your business just won't grow unless you right. really do hire that person. It's mm-hmm. true. Okay. Another is... Uh, you know, learn from your mistakes. You're, we're all going to make a lot of mistakes, and those mistakes can be our greatest teachers. And if you learn from them and move on, they will be your greatest teachers. If you let them swallow you and, and pull you down and you start talking that inner voice to yourself that, you know, I'm afraid to make another mistake, I'm afraid I was so stupid, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that, well, then you become paralyzed and your mistakes have won. <sighs> I can't believe you just used that word, Kathleen, because that's the question I was going to ask you just now, is that so often in business, you know, especially when it's your own, you feel so overwhelmed. Did you ever really feel overwhelmed to the point that you got paralyzed? Because I know it does happen to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And how do you get unparalyzed? Do you have a secret to it? (laughs) Well, you know, um, for me, again, you know, going through all those challenges with the transition from Kathleen's to Tate's was my greatest teacher. And, um, you know, and I just said, you know, I I can't live in fear because what's the worst that's going to happen? That's what I would tell myself. Right. I think that that's so smart. And it's so funny that you should say that because even with my gloves, you know, I'm selling on Amazon. And then all of a sudden, you know, I went in, came across this problem with velocity limit, which is absolutely crazy. Never knew it existed, but it has to do with. Well, no one that runs a business has a velocity <laughs> limit. <laughs> How funny is that? That I sold so many gloves so fast in such a short period of time that all of a sudden your account goes into a pending status. And I'm like, how is this possible? But the lesson learned is, you know what? There are other options. There are other options. And, you know, not to put all your eggs in one basket, too. And what have I got to lose? It goes back to that fear. So so what if it doesn't work? Just try it. It's pushing you to, to reach out to other divisions. Yep, this is great. So, okay, the fifth business tip, Kathleen? The fifth one, um, you know, for me, uh, and I think it's important for everybody, is, and it sounds bizarre, but know how to get out. Your exit strategy. It's great. Your exit strategy. Um, You know, uh, 
you know, some people want to pass it on to their family. You know, I don't always think that's right because some people, you know, family, they don't want it. Right. But they feel like they have to take it or something. And, and, you know, and then I look at it. Why pass it on to the family? You know, because you can sell it. Right. You know, unless it's something that goes on and on and on and on and on. But, you know, those are all choices. But, but know what your choices are. And if you have a business and you want to sell it one day, then it's very important that you run your business that way as if you're going to sell it. You can't run your business, you know, foolishly and, and spend money wastefully or spend money from the business that's not really for the business because then you're destroying your your bottom line for right. a business that someone's going to be looking at to buy. Okay. And if you want to run your business, you know, as clean and as perfectly as possible. I think this is great. You know, I have a friend who um, creates these multi-million dollar businesses. He's a genius. He's like another Bill Gates and um, or Steve Jobs. He's just really, really smart. And in like a couple of years, he'll create this business out of thin air and he'll end up selling it. And yeah. I had this conversation with him and he said, Josephine. The day I open up the business is the day I have my exit strategy created. Just like I said with Tate's. Mm -hmm. And exactly. it really works. And he's not attached to anything. No. He's, not he's attached. a serial entrepreneur. He really, really he, is. You know, he loves creating. And yeah. so he creates to, to sell. And that's smart. And that's what I, you know, said when I opened up Tate's. I opened up Tate's. The first day I opened Tate's, I had planned to sell it. And this is great. Well, Kathleen, we're coming up to the close of, um, of our interview here, but I must say, I don't often get to interview my guests in person, and here I am interviewing you. You don't look a day. <laughs> you do not look 55 years old, Thank and you're you. in great shape. Thank you. Tell me the importance of that. Do you exercise to make sure that... Yeah, when I first went into business, when I was in my 20s, I was 170 pounds. And I'm only, you know, five foot four. Uh, so it was very challenging for me because I was not, I was getting used to the bakery business. I was eating everything. And yeah. I was stressed out of my mind and eating more. And, you know, over time I learned to, to get a handle on it. And now I've learned the difference between tasting and eating. Because okay. when you're in the bakery business, I mean, you can eat sweets all day long. And truthfully, some days I do. Uh, but fortunately, not as many days as I used to. And exercise is a big point for me. I'm, I'm a cyclist, and I also do some weight training and yoga. And I love to be active, and for me, it's just like brushing my teeth now. I've been doing it for so long that there's never a day that goes by where I don't do something. Oh, well, that's great. It's just so important, I think, that we have our energy to run these. Yes, yes, these and, I, and I had planned to retire somewhat early and I knew that my youth I worked away so I said well oh I gosh. have to stay healthy and in shape so that I can do all those youthful things now well you look amazing thank and you. Kathleen thank you so much for being a part of paying it forward I really appreciate your time you're welcome and thank you for having me well everyone have a wonderful productive week and I'll see you next week on paying it forward thanks everyone Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on Toginet.com.
This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned, both good and bad, and sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of paying it forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. And for more great ideas, information, tools, tips, and tricks in life and in business, join us next week for more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com.